Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time again to join us on our weekly journey, Living Hope, a weekly journey designed to provide hope, inspiration, and education for those living with pancreatic cancer. Sharing the real-life stories like the one today, those really affected by this deadly disease and how they deal with it on a daily basis. With the woman, well, she's connected to this world here. She's been around for a while here, chronicling its... Uh, it's ups and downs, and today she's going to give us some hope here today, right, Roberta? I certainly hope so. That's what we want to try to do. So I'm happy to be here again. Um, thank you. And today we have Monica Amit Mishra. I'm sorry, I hope I said it right. I'm really bad at names, but I hope I did you justice there. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> thank you. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. And could you just tell us just a little bit about yourself, please? Where you're from, what you what you do, that kind of thing. Oh well, I uh, by training I'm a researcher, a microbiologist. I currently live in uh, Michigan, and uh, before that lived in Los Alamos, New Mexico, for 18 years, and then before that in India. Yeah, and reading and learning about you, I think there's a, we have a lot of connection. Um, I had a, a cousin that worked at this at the same place that you have been at. Um, my family was from New Mexico, so we were there quite a bit. And uh, we also share a connection with pancreatic cancer as well. Um, would you just kind of tell us a little bit about what your connection is? I lost my parents to pancreatic cancer. That's about it. That's the connection. I lost my mother first and then my father. Yeah, I lost both my parents as well. Um, just the opposite though. I lost my father first and then my mother. And I think we are in a really small group. I've only met maybe a handful of people who have lost both parents to pancreatic cancer. I know in my situation, we did the genetic testing and everything, and it was inconclusive. So it's something maybe we're going to look at doing again later on. But do you know, was there any, is there any genetic connection there or just like just by chance, like with so many others? Not that I know of. Uh, I do not know of any, uh, of any genetic connection. Cancer runs in our family both on the paternal and maternal side, but not pancreatic cancer. So um, so I don't really know whether there is um, any genetic connection. Yeah, we're kind of in the in the same line. We don't know either. And, and my, my both my side of the family, my mom and my dad's side, there was no other cancer connection there other than the pancreatic. And they both had the different types of pancreatic cancer. Both in my mom and dad's family, they either lived to be a very old age or they died from an accident. So this was the first connection um, that we ever had with cancer. And it was, you know, as you know, quite devastating. I know you you didn't live, you know, close to your mom, but you did, you know, weekly phone calls or you called each other often. Like when my parents were in New Mexico, we connected all the time as well. Um, during those calls, did you detect something before you found out that your mom was ill or had pancreatic cancer? Was there something you could tell in her voice or in the way she talked or anything like that? Actually, no. She vaguely mentioned that she had persistent dull backache that was lingering. And then she did not want to talk more about it. It was a long distance call and so she didn't want to have the focus on herself. Later on, she mentioned something about uh, heartburn. And only after her diagnosis did I find out that she was, uh, uh, she had severe nausea. Uh, she had mentioned weight loss. It was when, when she mentioned weight loss, I did encourage her to go and get checked out. 
and go to the doctor. But that was not something that she she didn't take it seriously. And she just thought because the symptoms again of this disease is, are so they're just they can be easily explained away. And so she didn't she didn't go to so I I never detected anything in her voice or what finally prompted her to go to the doctor? How how did that come about? She reached a point where there was nothing else she could do. She had severe nausea and vomiting, and um, I was not there. I was here. I just uh, this is from what my father said. Uh, he gave me a call and he said that she has been diagnosed um, with pancreatic cancer. Do you know how long it took them to get that diagnosis from the time she went in? Uh, the, the diagnosis was made immediately. Okay. It was pretty, yes. Do you know what kind of tests? I mean, I know what they do here, but, you know, coming from, I don't know, what, what kind of tests do they do on your mom there in India? Well, the doctor just, you know, from what my father said and from what I, you know, she was jaundiced, extremely jaundiced by that time. And um, and when she when he pressed her stomach, um, he could uh, not her stomach but her back because that was you know her persistent backache. The doctor had figured out by then that it was it it, ha it was probably pancreatic cancer, but then they did the uh, EUS and mm -hmm. you know they put the and just to get uh, confirmation confirmation basically to confirm that. And did they give her any options as far as surgery or chemo or, or anything? Uh, my father was given options, yes. He discussed uh, different oncologists. Um, what the, and by, this is 2002 we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And back then the survival rate was somewhere around 4%. And GEMSA was the only available choice. And the options were either go with GEMSA or just let nature take its course. And they decided that that's what they're going to do. They were going to do. You said um, you're a researcher. So when you, you know, you heard your mom had pancreatic cancer, what was your first thought or what was the first thing you did? Oh, I just went on the internet right away. So here's the thing. I, here I was living in America and I thought, surely this is America. Something must have been figured out. And so I went on the web and started researching. And the first place I went was, the first place that I got was the Johns Hopkins uh, chat book. And uh, I think it was started by some pathologist there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I started reading stories that were posted by families. And I realized after reading a couple of stories, that my mother had actually been given the death sentence. It was nothing, absolutely nothing. The sheer helplessness was the hopelessness of it all. And it was devastating. It is very, and and I I did the same thing. I and it's one thing I always tell people not to do because of the information you can get. But at that time, I didn't. There was nothing out there. I didn't know about anything, and I did the same. I googled, and I came across that same chat group, and you know, um, that's where I met Pam McQuatt and um, got a lot of information from her. But there was really nothing out there, and I felt the same way. It was devastating, and 
nobody was, I wasn't hearing a lot of positive survival rates and, you know, um, so it, it, it was very difficult. But after you did that, was there something on that chat group that did help you to, to go further or how did you find PanCan from there? Oh, it took me a long, long time till I found PanCan. Uh, in 2002, uh, after Ma passed on in 2003, I, there was really not much uh, out there. I basically was, uh, you know, all I did was read research papers, try to keep up with what's going on, which at the time was not that, were, were, there were not that many research papers. And uh, it, it, it was devastating. And I was dealing with my own personal PTSD, so to speak. It was just, it was, uh, it's, it's, it was a very traumatic experience to see her go the way she did. And, um, and donations. Besides that, there was nothing else I could do. And that made me very restless. I wanted to do something. And I was constantly looking out. In 2012, this was nine years after my mother had passed on, I found, I used to call before I, and I'm, let me say, point out that I used to call once I found out about PanCan, sometime, somewhere around 2009. And I called them uh, up. The nearest affiliate was in Colorado. Uh, and so that was like a three hours drive in Pagosa Springs, and that was just not going to work out. And so I well, didn't know what else to do. I was willing to start an affiliate in Los Alamos, but, but National uh, said that was not the ideal location, so to speak, <laughs> uh, which of course makes sense. And then uh, sadly, Nancy Murphy Bowles lost her brother to pancreatic cancer. and. He and then she started the affiliate in um, I forget the I mean I joined and that's when I found out about uh, Bandcam Albuquerque affiliate that's what, and it was 2012 and my very good friend Nina there uh, and she's my friend and mentor and she still is and she drove me all the way to Albuquerque I, I could I couldn't drive those days I mean I, I never drove long distance which is funny. Because uh, I do that now, and I, I'll forever be grateful to Nina Thayer for that. Um, and um, and I met Nancy Murphy Bowles. It was a beautiful ceremony, and it was I knew I was going to be part of this family now. You mentioned the ceremony. Was that a, a purple light you had attended? Yes. And that was your first connection. With with the the Pancan at that time. I'm sorry. That was your first connection. Was you're attending the Purple Light with Pancan? Yes, that was the first connection that I had with uh, Pancan. After being there, and, and for those that aren't aware, Purple Light is a way that we honor and remember those that have been affected by pancreatic cancer. It's a it's a beautiful ceremony. It can be very emotional, but it's very beautiful and a good way to bond with others and. And learn that you're not in this fight alone. So um, I'm very happy you were able to do that. And from there, is that when your interest in volunteering sparked, or was it still a little bit later after that? It was very. It was a beautiful ceremony, but it was very painful and emotional for me. And I was still wondering whether I should go ahead, plunge into it, or not. Um, uh, but after self, you know, after talking to myself and being alone with myself, and I realized that this was the way to go. I've always loved volunteering. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I just, uh, 
um, I've always loved volunteering. It's just that the BAMCAN and Pancreatic Cancer ended up choosing my mother. And so this is the direction I ended up taking. Yes. Um, and thank you. You've done a wonderful job. And can you just tell us a little bit about what you what you do as a volunteer? I currently am the social media chair of uh, the Michigan affiliate, which was previously known as the Detroit affiliate. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, I'm the social media chair now. Before that, I was, for five plus years, I was the advocacy chair and the state leader of uh, the Detroit affiliate, as it was called then. And before that, was I was in New Mexico, uh, Los Alamos, and um, I was the one person who did everything, media, <laughs> advocacy, you know, proclamation, you name it, going and giving speeches, uh, giving a speech at uh, the Rotary Club, raising awareness. That was my biggest thing, is and still is, raising as much as aware, awareness as we can. Oh. Is there, um, I know we got a little bit off, but anything you want to share about your mom? I know you talked a little bit before when we talked offline a little bit about your, I want to say your your morning, your morning, I forget what you call it. morning. Date. Yeah, your morning date. Yes, yes. Anything you can just share a little bit with us that you're comfortable with? Or? This was um, after she had been diagnosed uh, and I had gone to, to visit her. Uh, there were times... She'd get up early, very early in the morning at uh, 3, 3.30. She'd never turn on the light off. The first time she did, I followed her around. You know, I was like, maybe she needs something, or, you know. And then she, we both sat and we'd just stop. We'd just, she'd, she'd share things about her life that she'd never shared before. The regrets, the happiness, happy moments. It was, it was, they're very precious, very close to my heart. I think sometimes, especially mothers and daughters, sometimes our relationships are odd, you know, and it takes sometimes, sadly, something like this. It was the same, you know, my mom and I were very close, but it seems like once she was diagnosed, we became closer and there were things that we talked about that we hadn't talked about before for whatever reason. But in your volunteering, is there anything that stands out that you really enjoy doing more than anything else? Connecting with people, letting them know that there is hope, raising, talking to them, giving them hugs. Mm -hmm. Now, after COVID, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that is the part that I enjoy the most, is getting in touch with people and just letting them know, even if I, I can even if I can hold their hand, which again, thanks to COVID, that's not going to happen much, uh, but letting them know that they're not alone and they are survivors and there's there, there are things that are that are currently in the pipeline that we're doing. Um, so that is something that I enjoy a lot. Hopefully at some point in time, we will get back to being able to hold the hand and hug because it is really important. It's something that, you know, even try, you you do try to, you know, say it vocally that that touch is very, very important. So I hope we get to a time when we can return to that because I really do miss that. I miss hugging my survivors and my caregivers and just in general, you know, people that we meet. So. Let's hope that that does change in time. But um, for somebody that would come to you and say, I was just diagnosed or I had a family member diagnosed, what, what would be your words of wisdom or, or advice that you would give to them? The first thing I would do is tell them about PanCan. I'd give them, I'd ask them to contact. If they haven't already contacted PanCan, I'd give them the number 877 2 PanCan. I think that's the number. 
Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yes, that's, 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 uh, it's easier to remember than the numbers sometimes. Uh, uh, and that's the first thing I tell them to do. And then the other thing is uh, I just let them know that there is there's hope not to give up easily. There are things that are going on and there are different kinds of pancreatic cancer. That is also something that I like to tell people. Not all, all pancreatic cancers are not the same. I mean, my mother had, uh, you know, adenocarcinoma, uh, ductal PDAC, uh, P, uh, pancreatic cancer, ductal adenocarcinoma, um, which is the most common form, 90%, I think, 90% of people, and it's very aggressive. So that is also something I let them know. But PanCan, go to PanCan, get in touch with the patients and uh, patient services, case manager. That's the very first thing I let them know. And as far as I know, like say so you, you've gone to Advocacy Day, which for those that aren't aware, that's when we go and we talk to our representatives about not cutting funding and, and, and to also include funding for pancreatic cancer research. How, how do you find Advocacy Day for yourself and sharing your story? First advocacy day was very difficult. It is a very emotional moment, but it's also very empowering because the first one was was, and Nancy was there with me. Nancy Murphy Bowles was and and Jason was. They were both with me, and we were like three people from New Mexico. <laughs> so, um, sharing stories though over the years had kind of made me more confident and I wouldn't start bawling, although oh, so far I'm doing a good job, knock on wood. <laughs> it is important to share a story. It is important, very important for uh, our research, uh, for our uh, representatives to know that they're, that, you know, my mother was not, was not just a statistic, was, she was not a number. She, and, and it, the, this is a real, this was a real person. And she lost her life. She was gone while, when she was 50. I'll be 15 for a couple of months. So uh, uh, it, coming back to the question as to, you know, um, this is what, you know, when I go to the advocacy, uh, it, I find it very empowering, telling my story. And when I, uh, and reminding how important research is basic science research, clinical trials, but we start with basic science research, how important it is uh, for pancreatic cancer survivors uh, to have more pancreatic cancer survivors. That helps me a lot. Yeah, it, it is very empowering and emotional, and there's nothing wrong with showing emotion, so please don't, don't ever be afraid of that. It's, I think it's really important because it seems like when they see that emotion, they become more in tuned in what we're actually talking about. And like you say, you know, we're not statistics. Those that we've lost to this disease is not a statistic. They're real people and they need to see that. And I know, and just in my dad's case, um, he was very healthy looking, 170 pounds, almost six feet tall. And when he died, he looked like a Holocaust survivor. He was just barely 70 pounds. And it was devastating to see this man drop from that. And somebody who never complained about being sick, I never saw him take an aspirin or be, you know, miss a day of work. So it was very devastating. But to share that story with our members of Congress, I found not only empowering, but also kind of helped me through the journey a little bit, but it also got their attention. And I'm just very thankful that PanCan has given us that opportunity to do it. And I know with COVID again, 
we haven't been able to go in person, but you know, been doing it virtually and hopefully next year we'll be able to do that. But, you know, yes. to share your story and is there any advice you can give to others who are thinking about going to advocacy day or planning on it or just kind of not sure what they should do about that or not? Uh, I don't know if they're going to, Whenever they get a chance for to participate to go to to DC for advocacy day, I, I think they should. It, uh, the more people join, uh, take or participate in advocacy day, the better. And if they cannot, there are things that uh, they can do from home. And PanCan lets us gives us that kind of guidance and helps us, uh, you know, get in touch with our elected officials so that we can have, you know, we can. Our voices can be heard. I'm sorry to hear about your father. It was pretty pretty much the same thing with my mother. In the, she was not six foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. The weight loss is devastating. And to see the change that they go through. Yeah. Yes, uh, that was not what I was not prepared to see. Um, that completely shook me. She, the, 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 the disease and, you know, um, I have to uh, point this out. I share this out with people who have no idea what it is like for a pancreatic cancer patient, what, what, what a patient goes through. My mother towards the end was, was you know, she had a lot, I, she was unrecognizable. She was a yellow stick is all I, I can say. Here was this beautiful, vibrant woman and she had turned into a person I, she, I, I couldn't recognize her. And for the longest time, I couldn't stand the color yellow. It was so bad. It was, and again, I'm going to go into the, into the graphics a little bit just to give an idea of what it is like to see your own mother go through this. Her eyes were was oozing out of her eyes, and her eyes were shut. We couldn't clean, no matter how much we tried. It was rough. It's a devastating disease that needs a lot of funding. That, and and we have made progress. It but was four percent yes. from four to eleven. It is slow, but it gives us hopes. It gives us hope that you know, towards the end, uh, we will find something towards the end. We will. We just want it faster than we're getting it. But yes, and and like you say, seeing those changes. Um, my parents lived in New Mexico at the time, so we were making weekly trips down there to help and take care of my dad and. To see the sudden change, it wasn't gradual, it was very sudden. Um, yeah, so to make people understand, and like I said, to to relay that back to our representatives so they understand it's not something gradual. It's just like it's like you close your eyes and you open them and they're a different person. They look different. So yes. thank you for sharing. I, I know how difficult that is. And like I said, as we were devastated when my dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And like I said, nobody in his family had cancer. Nobody was ever sick. But then to learn that my mom was diagnosed some year, seven years later, it we were it was in disbelief, and even her own doctor was shocked. It was just not something that we expected. Both parents. Um, what did you feel, or what was your thoughts when you know after losing your mom, and then some years later, your dad was diagnosed as well? I was completely blindsided. I couldn't believe it. It couldn't be happening. Was all I I thought. And he got the whipple. His Cancer was, they found it much earlier. He was more vigilant because he had seen what my mother had gone through. So, but his symptoms were a little different than my mom. His, he became jaundiced for, first and he had very itchy skin. Mm -hmm. 
and he just became his own advocate and took, you know, got his whipple surgery, but uh, unfortunately he burned his purple wings less than a year later, less than a year later. I mean, um, I remember it was, he was diagnosed in 2015 and uh, we lost him on, it was 8th November in India, uh, 2016. I still haven't come to terms with my father's passing. I'm still mourning my mother. It, it's, it, it's very hard. And it is, and I think when lose them because you don't expect to lose both parents you know and it's like just trying to deal with the one at a time i totally understand because it took me a long time with my dad and some days are good and sometimes are not but i don't think i've really faced it yet with my mom for the same reason it's just very difficult she was poor yeah yeah and i know like losing both your parents to pancreatic cancer and i know you've probably answered this and i'm sorry for asking it again but what are your goals or what do you hope to accomplish as a volunteer um, after going through this? Not most people only don't go through it, you know, with both parents. So does that change your goals or your outlook on on what you want to accomplish? I want to help raise as much awareness as I can. Uh, my goal is uh, to help our researchers uh, because that is where it all starts, and for that we need funding, and so advocacy and Purple Stride, and um, I'm more involved and invested in this than ever before. Initially, it started with my mother, but then now I am, you know, I've met so many people, and then dad passed on, that it has become more of a goal. It just it doesn't make sense how, it, I understand that this is a very difficult disease, and it's a very challenging disease, but to quote one of my favorite uh, researchers, Dr. Ho Howard Crawford, it can be bent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he, he says that, and I believe him. And that's my goal. My goal is to raise as much awareness, keep my mother's legacy alive. This was one of her things. She was, I don't want her ever to be forgotten. And she will not be forgotten through me and the work that I do. I think it's hard for people because I know I hear a lot from people. It's like, well, you know, yes, you lost your mom and your dad. I'm sorry, but you know, it's time to move on. Yeah. Um, I'm moving on, but maybe differently than what they would. I don't know, you know, they just don't realize the importance, but I don't want to forget my mom and dad. I don't want their death to be in vain. I want something, if you can say something good to come out of it or something positive, maybe good's not the right word, but something positive to come out of it. And um, our lives are different. They change. Oh, There's yeah. a different normalcy. So you find that as well, I, I know. And any last comments or words or words of wisdom you would like to pass on? Um, I know I think we're getting close to, to, the, <laughs> to the time. I haven't seen um, Paul come on yet and give me the sign, but I'm sure looking that we're getting close. So anything that you'd like to add or share a favorite memory of your parents or your mom or just words of wisdom for somebody else going through this as well? If somebody is going through this disease right now, please don't give up. Try to wage hope, as we say. Everybody is different. You, you know, there are no words of wisdom. <laughs> I'm still learning myself. I don't know. Just don't not to give up. And um, not any decision that a person takes is 
is not right or, or wrong. If, you know, this is what I have realized. Some people blame uh, that blame themselves for not being strong enough to to run a marathon or or climb a mountain, for instance. Um, and my what I would like to tell to somebody who feels that way is, if you get up in the morning and just get up and brush your teeth, that is equivalent to climbing a mountain or a marathon or anything. Um, not not all of us can do those impossible things. So I find a lot of people beating themselves up when they read inspiring stories, which are, are you know, the intention is good, but then they find themselves thinking, oh my God, I'm not doing this. I can't do this. Why can't I not do this? And to them, I would like to say, you're doing the best you can. And getting up and just taking a round, walking around. Hey, Roberta, we do have one question for you here, and that is, what part of Michigan is she in? What's the chapter and how do people reach her? What affiliate are you with and how can they reach you? Yes. I am with the Michigan affiliate. If they're on Facebook, Michigan affiliate has a Facebook page. It's called the Michigan affiliate pancreatic cancer Facebook page. And they can reach me through that. Or they can, you know, my email is M as in Mary, M as in Monica, I as in Iowa, S as in Sam, H, R, a as an apple at bandcampvolunteer.org. Okay. We can make sure to put that on the Facebook as well and inside um, the summary at the end to make sure everybody has that. And also, speaking of, I mean, there you do have a Purple Stride coming up real quick on April 30th with, um, oh, I believe, yeah. and others. So. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'd let you plug your Purple Stride. So um. <laughs> I'm so excited. They're good. See, that's why I shouldn't have a background because everything goes so crazy. But I was so excited about the Purple Stride. And uh, people, wherever you are, so it's, it's so cool. It's so cool. Here it is. It's going to be on one day through help oh, country. So you imagine 60 events or something like that. Yeah. And we'll all, it'll be on April 30th, Saturday. Um, I'm just hoping that the, the, hoping that the weather is good here in Michigan. And we'll be having this event after, you know, uh, in-person event after, what, two years, I think? Yes, um, oh, I'm super excited. And if uh, folks, whoever is listening, um, please, please, please find uh, a way to join. Uh, uh, go to purplestride.org or go to bandcan.org, form a team, register. Uh, we need money for this research, uh, for, for, for finding, you know, some kind of... Um, way out of this nasty disease <laughs> or join a team you can join my team or you can if you're a trekkie you can join the trekkie team you, you this, i have to say this um i'm a trekkie so um all that information is available on pancan.org uh, and do join do participate i'm going to do it for my parents i'm going to do a 5k walk run if possible walk if it's raining <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, I'm super excited about that. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today here. I'm going to come dressed as a Star Trek character now. I didn't know that you could do that. I love Star Trek. Oh, yeah. you do? Oh, Paul, you're my next favorite. <laughs> <laughs> love Star Trek. And just real quick, um, we dedicate each show to uh, each episode of Living Hope to somebody. And uh, we want to dedicate this one to to your mom. And um, if you would pronounce her name, because I saw it and I didn't even want to disrespect and say it wrong. 
but um, we have something that we, it, it's like, we believe very strongly and there's a, a African proverb that says, as long as you speak my name, I shall live forever. So today's episode is dedicated to your mom and to your dad, but especially to your mom, because that's what you're going through right now. So could you just real quickly, please say your mom's name for me? My mom's name was, was Ranjana Padhyay. Padhyay was the last name, but her first name was Ranjana. And her nickname was Rani, which means queen. And that she was, I'm sure, to you. And thank you for sharing your journey with us. I know it can be very difficult, but it's very important to put a face to this disease. So thank you very much, Monica, for joining us. I love seeing you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, there you have it. Some real life stories of people really on the same journey. They've either started the journey, been through the journey, and sharing the journey with others. We hope you'll share this show with others as we bring you a weekly show designed to provide hope, inspiration, and education for those living with pancreatic cancer. If you'd like to share your story, always happy to tell more. You can certainly contact us through PanCan or this station, OC Talk Radio. Or if you or anyone you know needs help, like right now, there is a number. Patient services at 877-2-PANCAN. That's 877 and the number 2, P-A-N-C-A-N, for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. For the OC Talk Radio Network, this is Paul Roberts thanking you for listening, inviting you to join us again, and reminding you that as long as we talk, there's always hope. Streaming live from our studio here, at the hope-filled UCI Beale Applied Innovation Center.